Welcome back to another Water Boys podcast episode. I'm Nick. I'm here with my great and close friend, Josh. It's been a week. We had a delay last week. Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, Brady <laughs> has seven. I mean, do we Brady change? Brady had seven. Do we change? Wait, goat talk or no goat talk? Do we change the definition of goat now? Is Jordan replaced with Brady for the all-time sports goat? Man, I, I don't know. There's so many levels we could go to. Go, we could go through this. I mean, the rings. If we're just basing it off the rings again, we can go. Um, we Bill Russell. like. Russell, right? We could <laughs> could go to Russell, and it's just, you know, it's a thing where I I just say, you know, every every era has its, I guess, its own athlete. Um, I guess early '90s, 2000s, we got to give it to Jordan, and uh, uh, I guess anything from I don't know mid 2000s to now, we got to give it to Brady, right? I mean, I have to give it to Brady. He go to Tampa Bay. First year, and you smash it like that. Gotta yeah, it man. Time. Yeah, it's amazing what he was able to accomplish, and <laughs> good for that guy, man. It's just amazing at the age of forty-three what he was able to do. To be fair, oh. the bucket the Buccaneers did reload really quickly with a lot of talent on that team. Did they? You'd know football way more than I do, Nick. Um, but. It, I mean, every time there's a Super Bowl, every February, it seems like I'm always hearing Tom Brady. So, um, let's good just for say, that guy, man. let's just say they got the equivalent of a Kyrie Irving in that running back and Kevin Durant and Antonio Brown. I'm just gonna say that. Oh, that's interesting, huh? That's an interesting they, way of putting it. And they had a lot more backup on that team, but you know what? NFL is a total different beast than NBA. This week. We watched, or no, the last two weeks, we've been watching three teams, right? We've been watching Chi-Town, Chicago Bulls, watching Atlanta Hawks, and the New York Knicks. Now, yes. these three teams were bottom dwellers last year. This year, they're a, a lot more competitive, I would say. Give me your thoughts on, let's start with Atlanta. What do you think of Trey Young and the squad? Atlanta, man. Uh, you know... They're exactly what we expected them to be at the beginning of the year. You know, lots of offense, no defense. Um, what I have been noticing, though, from this team lately, Nick, which I find pretty interesting, is that uh, Trey Young doesn't start off looking for a shot. Like, he, he's he's literally facilitating for this team at the beginning of the games uh today they ended up playing the the pacers ended up losing 125 to 113 um he had his 12 uh 10 assist game this season uh second uh, or yeah he's uh tied for second most the uh this season in terms of uh 10 plus assist games um yeah, man, when he's when he's looking for people, it's so easy. Teams try to get the ball out of his hands right right off the bat, but he always seems to make the right pass. Always making alley oops to Capella or, or uh, what, what's the other guy's name, uh, Collins. You know, he's finding the right guys. Um, but essentially, man, that like sometimes the second unit leaves a lot to uh, what he desired. Call it? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's to be expected since 
the injuries they've had to endure this year. But um, I, I'm liking this team, man. I, I, I like Collins, man. Holy. He's, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, close games, he's the one that ends up closing them. And you always see Capella just on the bench. So uh, just gives you an idea of how good this guy's been. Fair to say. I mean, Trey Young, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter. I thought it was Herta, Herta the whole time. I don't know why. <laughs> There's an ER at the end, and I keep, I don't know, I mispronounce names a lot. You're probably thinking of Huerta, the Brazilian that played for the Lakers, what, four Hort- years ago? Three? Years? It was Hortez or something like that. Correct? Yeah. 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 He was- that guy, oh my goodness. Anyways, we're not going to get into that. Uh huh. It's Atlanta Hawks, okay? Then you have Danilo Gallinari. Then you got Rajon Rondo. I mean, this team is a lot of offense for sure, but when uh, the games I've watched, if you choke the life out of them, which is this Trey Young, they look lost. Danilo just takes random shots. Rajon Rondo pounds the ball for 20 seconds and passes it when he sees it. And John Collins... I like him as an offensive player, but defensively, he leaves a lot to be desired as well. And problem with Clint Cabela, he's going to be in that dunker spot each time, right? But he clogs up the lane. So really, this team's missing... I would say they're missing a second facilitator within that starting lineup of Trey Young. I don't count Rajon Rondo because he just pounds the ball for 20 seconds. Remember that one game where he just held the ball for 20, yeah for twenty seconds and he just takes a shot right after. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that, I don't I don't miss if that. If I were a Hawks fan, I would have been so mad at that. I do not miss that as a Laker fan whatsoever. Oh man, but we do miss playoff. We will miss playoff Rondo for sure, though. We will miss playoff Rondo for sure. But problem I see with this team is what happens come playoff time, right? I mean, can Trey Young defend the pylon? Can't even defend my grandma if she was out there. No, no offense. Well, tr- I mean, compared to last last season, tr- I feel like Trey has proved a little. But um, I I was reading this one uh, stat, comparing every everyone's uh, defense, and I think last year out of like 164 players, he was like 163. I think. This year, he's improved 10 spots. I, I mean, defense, it's hard to qualify with numbers and stuff, right? Um, he's hes definitely improved, but he's still going to need a little bit more in order to actually take this team up to another level. I, I still think that they need, I don't know, man, I think they need another guard that can defend beside him, right? Yeah, I mean... If you're going to have Trey Young on the floor, I've always said this with the defensive principles, you can have one bad defender on the floor, but you can't have multiple bad defenders on the floor and expect a good defense. Right. Yeah, I agree with you, and like we've, we've seen that with a lot of players. Um, my, my question to you is, Nick, uh, what, like, other, than, other than that, do you do you see any of these other young players, uh, you know, being the second banana to uh, Trey Young? 
DeAndre Hunter, I would say. I think John Collins worn out his welcome with those comments towards Trey Young. And they kind of have a log jam. They have so many mouths to feed, but so little ball, right? I mean, it's the same thing with the Hornets, essentially. There's a young, it's a talented team, but there's only one ball. So how does how are they gonna make it work, right? Who's who's the first banana? Who's the second banana? Or who's the first option? Who's the second banana? Who's the third fiddle? You have to sort that out early on in a team, and it's it's not clear what the hierarchy is. I mean, today's game is a prime example. Have you seen all those? Look at the field goal attempts. All of them, at least have six or more shots. And I think the most was like 17 and the rest were like 12. And really, it's a great problem to have, but NBA, you you need defense as well, right? You need defense. Well, at some point, they're going to have to trade some of these guys off, right? And get something back that could actually, you know, push this team a little bit higher above uh, in terms of, you know, defense, right? And I'm pretty sure a lot of teams would be willing to take some of those players. Uh, question is, like, who are you willing to give up, right? I mean, I would keep Hunter, to be honest. For sure. Then you um, got Kim. you. Oh, I forgot Cam Reddish. You got that guy too, right? That's Cam Reddish, yeah. And you got Kevin Herter. That's it's a perimeter logjam, to say the least. Right. Um, I don't know about you, man, but like after seeing Capella in playoffs with the Rockets, it just he doesn't cut it for me, if you know what I mean. Especially in the playoffs when you need him the most, I feel like he tends to disappear and just sometimes he ends up making dumb plays. I remember with the Rockets a lot, he would like miss time shots, easy layups, and stuff like that. I I would think that at some point, I don't know, maybe get something for him too. I mean, you signed him to a big contract, or he still has that contract, right? Right. But it's, I mean, it's hard. It's not impossible to move big money in the NBA, but you you still got to give up something to get something in return. Right. Um, so five-year, 90-mil contract that ends in 2023. He's still a young player at 26. He could still, you could still trade him out, man. He's still a young guy, and I'm sure some team is gonna want him. Um, but but yeah, I think at some point they would need, they especially the way they're playing right now, where uh, clutch time they end up taking putting him on the bench. If that's not indicative of of where this team is going, like. I would think that he is the guy that they're going to probably end up moving on at some point, I would think. I would think so too. I think with this Atlanta team, do you see them making the playoffs this year? This year, I play in, I, I see a play in, in their future. I can see playing now in terms of actually being able to make it into the playoffs playoffs. I I I don't know, man. I, I don't see it happening because essentially you're right now, I mean, if you were to play right now, they would end up playing the Knicks. And the problem is, I mean, the Knicks that we're 
going to talk about in, in a bit. This Knicks team is coached by Tom Thibodeau, and I don't know if you know Nick, but that guy is a defensive guru. And if anyone can stop him, you know, a well-oiled offensive machine like Atlanta, I'm pretty sure he would be able to find a way. And if you can play a little bit of defense in those tight playoff late games, Nick, like you're not gonna, you're you're gonna be in trouble, right? I mean, remember when, remember when the Lakers came up against Portland, and everyone's like, "Ooh, Portland's a deep threat or like a you know dark horse eight seed." But yeah, I mean, defense, right? It's just defense, defense, defense. That's what counts the most in the playoffs. Can't especially, score, can't score if you're being defended like crazy, right? Yeah, especially when it turns into like a half court game, right? Yeah, um, I mean, you know, this team is, you know, likes to get out, likes likes to run, right? But uh, what do you call it? If once you start getting into a half court game, it's just a different animal, and uh, what do you call it? At that point, it's when you're gonna need your guys to start shooting, right? And they're gonna. They're essentially going to take the ball out of Trey Young's hands, and then everyone else is going to have to make a shot. At that point, you're going to wonder if uh, any of their guys are going to be able to show up in that in those big moments. It's hard to say. I mean, you have to see them to really, really judge if they can handle it. But right now, they're not. They're not up to par, I would say. And speaking of the Knicks. What do you think of the Knicks so far? First off, I just want to say, man, I I, <laughs> I enjoy watching uh, the games off of that Knicks broadcast with uh, Walt Frazier. Wheeling and dealing. Oh my goodness! I'm glad you saw you watch the game with him. <laughs> Slashing and dashing. Yeah. <laughs> He's. I love his his little rhymes, man. It, it just cracks me up every single time. Uh, well, first thing, Nick, I, that I would want to talk about the Knicks is uh, the trade they made for D Rose. What'd you think of it? I mean, you give you're not playing Dennis Smith Jr. a lot. You get well. He wanted to go down, right? Yeah, he wanted to leave, which is fair. He wasn't getting played a lot, and I mean, with this team that he's coming into, it's a great mentorship for Emmanuel Qu- uh, Quickly. What's his name? Yes, Emmanuel Quickly. Emmanuel quickly, the second coming of Lou Williams. You can Ooh, tell. Who was his favorite fan or favorite yeah. player? When they had an awesome moment that one game where they shared respect. And I think Lou Will knows that's the second coming of him in the NBA. And that the Knicks team, I mean, it's I don't know what to say. They're very good defensively. You can tell it's a Tom Thibodeau team by the way they play defense. Yeah, yeah, it's a typical Tom Thibodeau fucking team, man. Um, just really good defensively, holy. And and I mean, if you play defense, man, it's gonna start showing up, right? And uh, I mean, it also helps that they're having really good seasons from the likes of Julius Randle, right? Julius Randle is averaging the same, I think. Stats is AD this year, which is surprising. No, it's uh same stats as Jokic. They're only two players who have who are averaging uh what is it? That are averaging at least twenty points, eleven rebounds and five assists, I think it is. He's at twenty two and eleven this season. 
Yeah, so he, him and Jokic are the only ones. Uh, only problem is the only problem with him is turnovers, really. Those. Yes. <laughs> yep, turnovers. You and I have discussed this a lot. He's got Ra- he's got Randall vision, as I like to call it, from the Laker <laughs> days. He just goes left and bulldozes people. Bulldozes or fails to bulldoze people, and then he sees he's in trouble, and next thing you know, that ball goes the other way. Yep, he gets stripped a lot on those drives. I've seen that. Right, uh, it's it's one of yeah. I wish he could fix that. Um. But but yeah, man, he he's having himself a season, and even three point shooting wise, he's he's hitting those shots now, Nick. Ah, well, thirty eight percent, yeah. But let's you know, slow your roll. Well, it. I mean, it's a huge improvement from what he usually did. Uh, usually shot, right? He's a career twenty, what twenty twenty five? I would say. Yeah. This season and the season he played in the Pelicans are the only good seasons. Like he shot the three ball, so give it some time. You know, it'll come back down to the medium. So I'm not too optimistic about it. And he's had 3.3 turnovers this year. They've gone up each year almost, or they've stayed cons- consistent at three. Right. Um, also, Nick, we got to talk about our Canadian boy uh, R.J. Barrett on this team. Uh, Ooh, R.J. Barrett. Yeah, last year I don't remember if you, I don't know if you remember, but he was playing the point guard a lot, a little bit out of position from what he was usually accustomed to. And another thing that was going against the guy was his uh, free throw shooting. I, what was he shooting last year? Wasn't it like something stupid, like thirty percent? No, sixty-one percent. He's up to seventy-four percent this year. He's bumped up. Uh, oh, he's bumped up pretty much every one of his stats. He's at 16.7 points per game. He's at 6.3 rebounds per game. And he's at 3.1 assists per game. And his t- turnovers are down at 1.9. It's Yeah, it's been really good. I, if you notice now, um, well, not always, but I feel like there are times when he's just not as aggressive. But when he wants to be aggressive, something positive always comes out of it. Um, I've liked what I've seen from him. Uh, he's, you know, he's he's shooting the ball well from three, and you know he he's he's a, he attacks the the rim. Um, you know, I, again, I don't know if that's the Thibodeau effect. I, I, he's you know he's really he's really a hard ass, right, when it comes to coaching and stuff. And with the veteran players, he tends to wear out his his welcome. But with younger players, I feel like. It just goes a little bit better, right? I mean, younger players, you set that foundation and you build good habits with them, right? It's like, it's like when we started playing basketball, we probably have some bad habits that we have, but we've also built some good habits, right? Right, you know, and if you're developing good habits, man, oof, you're you're what do you call it? You know, you're set. You're, you're set, especially at a at a young age, and in, in in the NBA, it, it'll help you out quite a bit. Um, now I wanted to just quickly talk to you about the bench, and they're getting that boost of uh, Derrick Rose coming on, and on top of that, you also have Emmanuel quickly just going off too. Uh, you know, there there was a lot of uh, discussion about probably having Emmanuel quickly starting 
instead of uh, Peyton. But I just feel like it, uh, he's doing well coming off the bench. Just let him and D-Rose do the damage, right? Yeah, you let him and D-Rose do the damage. I think Derrick Rose is a perfect trade in the sense of passing on knowledge and still remaining competitive. Right. Um, here's my question to you, though. Do you think it was the correct move to make uh, to make the trade for Rose? Because, I mean, if we're... I, they didn't really give up much, right? They only gave up a, a player who didn't who wanted to go down to their uh, G League affiliate, right? And a second round dra- uh, a second round draft pick for was it next season or this coming up draft? Do you do you approve of this? As in, because if they do make the playoffs, Nick, and they are in a playoff spot right now, they're not going to have a high draft pick. And essentially, if you were to keep this team, Nick, do you? see a star in this team really that's gonna you know lead the nick lead the knicks in the future Mm, i mean i don't really see star and rj barrett to be honest but at the same time he's he's not being played in position as well i think they have a making for a team that's good for a star if you get what i'm saying so Essentially, do you think they're going the Brooklyn Nets way where they are trying to make it or not make it seem, but they're proving that they're doing the things right and that essentially they're hoping to lead a star into the into the team uh, through free agency? I think they're in a win-win position, right? Either you can develop your players and that, that team itself is a really good team to compete in the playoffs. Like RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, Emmanuel Quick, Quickly... Obi Topping, Mitchell Robinson, don't forget, Austin Rivers. Then you have, um, oh, who's the other guy? Now I forgot his name. Kevin Knox. You got Nerlens Noel and you got Reggie Bullock, right? It's still a decent team. You got Peyton as well. And you got Nidakina. I don't know why he's still there, but yeah. It's a deep, or it's not a deep, but it's a decent team that can go to the playoffs in the East for sure. At the same time, they can present themselves as an interesting opportunity for stars who might want to leave. Yeah, uh, I'm just asking because, you know, I would think that they would still want as as much as like it's nice to finally see them, you know, competing after what since the since that one mellow run. Um, But at the same time, they still need a star. And I just don't see any of them. Uh, next year's free agency class isn't that. I don't think it's that deep. Uh, essentially, what you're looking at, Kwai, maybe a few other players, um, and that's if Kwai doesn't uh, just end up straight up resigning with the Clippers. But uh, yeah, man, I I don't know. It's interesting the way they're going for it to finally get into a, a playoff spot after so many years. I would think that they would still want to, you know, get a high draft pick. Not to mention that they do have, I think they were saying something stupid, like 22 draft picks in the next three drafts or something like that. But you see what I mean, right? It's still win-win. If something goes wrong, you can always fall back on the draft. Or if they're still playing well, 
you can trade those draft picks for a good player. Right. So no matter what, you still see them making the, you still think that they're doing the correct thing. I still think they're doing correct thing. I mean, Tom Tivoto was a good hire for young players. And I mean, I don't see, I don't see them falling off that badly and they might be eighth seed, but this is valuable learning experience this year for them. And I mean, with Thibodeau, they'll be fine. I don't know how knackered they'll be come playoff time because I know Thibodeau doesn't like to change up his lineups too much. I mean, regardless, if let's say somehow they do end up finishing in the playoff spot, they're they're in for it really hard because they're probably gonna end up facing you know one Philly. of the beasts from the from like the top Philly of or the Milwaukee. Eastern Conference, right? Yeah. So I mean, right now they're seventh with half a game out of sixth. So even then they could face Brooklyn, right? Um, but to say that they're going to be able to beat one of those teams, I don't think so. But I think they would still make it super competitive uh, just because, you know, it's Thibodeau and they always tend to have competitive teams uh, regardless of what he has, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think... They're in a good spot no matter what going forward, I would say. They're in a good spot. All right, Nikki, you want to talk Bulls now? Oh, our lovely Bulls. Oh, I got to say this. I was trashing Kobe White at the beginning of the year because I drafted him and he wasn't doing much. But, man, he... How did a... you like those eight three-pointers then, huh? Oh, he won me my <laughs> week. I won 7-2 just because of him. I was lacking in the threes. And bam. He hit those three-pointers, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to eat my words, Kobe. You've been playing really well as of late. Oh, you, and Zach, you and Zach Levine, that's a good backcourt. Oh, man, yeah, that, that game against the Pelicans, like, they could not miss a single shot of their life. <laughs> like, they were just hitting all of them. I was like, what is going on? And, I mean, even, uh, who was it, Valentine with his weird... I don't know. Jank, I feel like it's janky a, it's shot, a, right? It's janky. I feel like it's also two-handed. I feel, um, but he was making them. I mean, I think he went four for eight in that in that game uh, in uh, three pointers. He was just hitting everything, and then Zach had a forty-six point night. Um, all right, Nick. So this team has had a lot of injuries. You know, the two main melons and and uh, Markinen and. Um, I can always forget this guy's name. Um, Come on, spell it out. <laughs> oh Let's my go. goodness! Sorry. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Leave me alone, Nick. You're, you're putting me in Wendell Carter Jr. Oh my God! I always forget oh. Wendell Carter Jr.'s no, name. No, 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 uh, no, 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 Mister, Mister, longer than you expect. <laughs> Um, yeah, so two, you know, two main injuries in there, Nick. Uh, what do you think of the Bulls? A good mixture of young and some veteran talent in there, I would say. Only question I have, what do you do with Otto Porter? Do you keep him? Man, I feel like this team has been... You know, is it just me or have they been rebuilding for the longest time? They've been rebuilding for the longest time. I mean, they have oh, who they draft Patrick Williams, right? Then the other two, 
they drafted was Kobe White, then Laurie Markkinen, and they had. Don't forget they had Bobby Portis before he punched out someone. <laughs> right. Yeah, and they had what was it? Da- What's his name? Daniel Gafford. Daniel Gafford. Yep. Yeah. They. Well, he's first or second year. And then they have. The, it's a lot of talent, but I'm just like, where are they going with this talent, right? It, I mean, Markinen and Wendell Carter Jr., can you play them together? Uh, oh, see, that's a tough one, right? Um, you know, Markinen, he's a, you know, he, he has his moments, I'm not going to lie. But when you do play him at the power forward, it's either... He's going to take advantage uh, of his size on the offensive end, but then he's also going to be giving up a lot on the defensive end because he can't defend uh, the smaller guy. And sometimes he's just not... To, for him to play the center position, Like he just can't... You know, He's not physical enough or he's not strong enough to deal with that defensively, right? So you're giving up something either way with him. Um. Yeah, man, I, I don't know. Don't you think you would have to trade one of those two guys? Or is it just too early to to think that right now? I mean, it's a little early to think that, but it's hard, right? I mean, you have a sensitive timeline in the NBA, and one mistake could always derail a building or um, a growing team. Take, for example, Washington, right? Right. And it's just... These are the sensitive decisions you got to make. Same with the Pacers. Remember in 2016 where they're on the cusp of beating Miami. Then they trade for... Who did they trade for? Evan Turner and they dumped another player. And that just ruined the team's chemistry. Right. It's... I mean, they're still young. They're not competing yet. At the same time, you want to accelerate it a little bit. But you want to still be building that momentum with young teams I, I would be I would sit tight and be patient with them you'd sit, be t- you'd sit tight and be patient with them um, now here's another question what do you do with Levine which because here, here's here's my issue with with Levine like he's don't get me wrong he's a he's a great player but is this gonna be a guy that can lead you into the playoffs do you while while he right now he's just on a streak, um, you know he has his moments. He's a really good player, but I think if anything, you'd want him probably as your second best player on 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 a team. Um, you know he's also a turnover machine too. Same thing as Randall. But I in my head I would think you would essentially want to start you know uh, banking on it and get some assets for the guy. Because I, I just don't see the guy leading your team into the playoffs, right? I, I don't see him being able to, you know, uh, be the guy to win you a playoff series, right? I I think that while you have all these young players, I mean, he's a little bit more advanced in age than a, a bunch of them. Probably not by a lot. But, you know, maybe try and uh, bank on how he's playing right now and get something for him. At least that would be my train of thought. He's 25, which is still very young, right? I mean, he has. It is. 
three more years before his prime, then after that, you might be look. You can look to trade him, but at this point, I think you got to keep patient. Like I said, you can't rush the process. I mean, this isn't the Brooklyn Nets, right? You 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 don't have a plethora of young players plus two mega stars who you can just trade off some fringe stars. Is this Chicago is not in that position? And I mean, I think is this too haste to make. A decision on that. I think him and Kobe White can still grow together. Right. But at the same time, you know, it's not hard to compete in the East. It's not hard to get playoff spots. So I think they have a good chance. What are they at? They're not that far off. They're 10 and 15. I think they're half a game out of a play-in spot. Which is, you know what? That's great. I would take it, right? Yeah, that that's true, and I mean, essentially, you have you know a new coach, and you also got to give him time to, uh, you know, deal with with this team. Right? He did a good job out in Oklahoma. Um, what do you call it? He always found a way to develop players. Uh, now, Nick, uh, what do you think about the what was he fourth overall, Patrick Williams? They've had so many draft picks, I can't keep count anymore. <laughs> Patrick Williams, I believe, is his name. Yes, you're right. Yes, Patrick Williams. I, I you know what? I, ha- I, I like it. I, he has his moments when he's super aggressive, but then there are times where you're just like, what's going on? And it's, I mean, to be expected from, you know, a rookie, right? But I, he does have his moments, Nick. I, I mean, the, the game, I think it was two games against Orlando, he just went off. Uh, he was super aggressive, right? Uh, I remember the commentator saying something about how uh, guys on the team are always telling him to, you know, play his game and not to be afraid, uh, which is, you know, su- it's to be expected from a rookie, right? You don't want to step on other players who have been there longer than you. You don't want to step on their toes and do something that will make him mad, but he does show some promise. Um, I just... What do you think? Oh, I mean, if you draft him, are you taking Otto Porter out, right? They play almost similar positions, even though he's listed as power forward. It's just, it's such a logjam of talent in that team. I mean, Kobe White, Zach Levine. Then you have um, Otto Porter, Wendell Carter Jr., Laurie Markkinen. Then you have Patrick Williams. Not to mention you got Thaddeus Young too. Oh man, Thad Young man, I love the way that guy plays. He, he is a he, yeah. He is a definition of a pro. I would say he would fit into any team. Yeah, I, I love him, man. He he either lo- looks to score or he can make the pass. He just makes the right play. You know what I mean? You yeah, I love a guy that does that. And like if you. And, like, if he makes a pass, man, he makes really beautiful passes and sets up guys perfectly. I mean, that's what you want, right? Someone who doesn't show up in the stat sheet like that, but he he makes the team click. It's valuable to have in, like, young teams. I mean, he is getting on with age, though. What is he? He's 32. So... I mean, sooner or later, sooner or later, he might, 
Yeah, he might want to. If anything, that's an asset, right? If anything, that's an asset you can trade off to. That's I'm true. Pretty but... sh- I'm pretty sure teams would love a guy like that, and especially if he comes off the bench. It's true, uh, but you got to keep these type of talents too, right? But you can't—they can't be waiting around forever as well. Yeah, help them grow some of the younger players. Yeah, I agree. Predictions for this team. Predictions for all the teams we talked about. I, I think this will be another play-in team. To be honest with you, three play-in teams. I I believe so. Out of those three play-in teams, who do you think has the most potential? To make a playoff spot or to win their play-in? I would give it to the Knicks, to be honest with you. I I just like what I see from them defensively. Um, what do you call it? The way uh, Randall's going off right now and the fact that, you know, you have Thibodeau in there and you know you're going to get, he's going to get his players to just play hard all the time. I believe teams like this are usually able to compete and win, uh, you know, win a couple games. And especially if you look at the teams around and uh, what do you call it, they, they would most likely play, you know, you got, I mean, right now, if we were to start to play right now, they would face Atlanta and I'm pretty sure they would beat them. But again, like I said, the, you know, Miami's starting to make a slow comeback. Toronto's still in there. And you don't really want to bet against any of those teams, right? If you if the Knicks face any of those teams, I'm pretty sure they end up uh, going out in the play-in. But if you were to ask me out of those three guys who's most likely to make the playoffs, I would say I would give it to New York. Yeah, I give it to New York too. I think Atlanta and Chicago still have a lot of pieces to mold together and some pieces to find. I I, and it's, I would yeah. say that those other teams are probably a little bit more talented. They but are, but I, I just feel New York would play the correct way, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but well, New York is grit and grind as well, right? Right. Yeah. So I, I that you know they're just that's like the type of ball that makes it in the playoffs, right? It's always the type of ball that makes it into the playoffs. Indiana Pacers, recent example. Not this year, but remember the 2014-2015 or 2015-2016? Yeah, and I mean even... 2012-2013, prime example. Right. Uh, I mean, these are teams that are going to be, you know, for the most part, they're good in the season, but uh, they, they just sometimes don't have enough talent to get them through all the way to, you know, making the finals or even advancing into the next round. But it is something that could win you a play-in for sure. For sure. I think season's still young, right? I mean, we've been through a court, one-third of the way so far. Yes. Yes. It's holy. It's gone by fast. It's gone by super quick. I mean, I'm excited to see. East looks very ripe for the picking right now. Yeah, and there's still a lot to settle in the East. Uh, I, I just want to see... You know, uh, for example, Miami Butler's coming back. They're four and two since he's come back. They've, you know, they still got a lot of games to play, and if they do get healthy, man, they are a team to watch out for. I think. 
then we have you know what we have i'm i'm gonna predict we're gonna have another bubble i've probably said that a few times already really you think they're gonna be they're gonna they're gonna do bubble playoffs yeah i think so too i think it's this it's this covid situation is not the best you know the crazy thing though is that a lot of teams in the states are starting to welcome fans into the stadium Yes, so, I watch. I mean, I think Utah was the first one, which is kind of crazy to me. Yes, and so uh, I think had, the Knicks are, are next. The, they've been announcing that uh, I think when Golden State gets to uh, MSG, they're going to they're gonna welcome fans for the first time. So, you know, I, I, I remember us talking about this, how they're going to have bubble playoffs. But if you start getting some of that ticket revenue... I don't know, Nick. Um, you know, like you always say, cash always rules, man. And cash rules everything around me. God yeah, damn it. Stop it, it, messing I'm, up the lyrics. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it, yeah, my point is that I don't know, man. Teams are going to see that little bit of, uh, you know, profit. It's not completely all of it because I think they're only allowed, what, 2,000 fans into the stadium. But. You know, at this point, team, I'm pretty sure teams are dying for some money uh, from uh, coming from fans, some revenue. And if that's the case, man, they're most likely gonna. I don't see. I don't see bubble playoffs happening at all. Oh, it's a. You know what? It's a bad idea. I think it's, it's a bad idea. It, it is. But you know. It, money money's everything right now and especially with teams losing so much of it uh from what half half of last season and now probably going to be most of this season is they're going to want to at least rescue a little bit of it that's true i think gotta see we just gotta see with this whole covid thing i don't i don't like the sounds of it letting fans in <laughs> i don't like the sounds of ticket revenue solely because you know this might set back what if something happens right what if someone is positive in there we never know it just might set back the whole thing another 10 steps at this rate well i mean you just hope that teams take proper precaution you know uh you have the heat who have covid smelling dogs apparently i don't know if that's true i don't know if dogs can smell covid but apparently apparently they do they have dogs out there sniffing everyone out and see if they have covid um, you, I, I would rather them actually get people tested rather than just have dogs sniff them. Cause I mean, what if you just smell bad Then the dog's going to point you out. Right. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I don't know. They, they got to take proper precaution. If they take proper precaution, I'm, I'm all for it. I think we should, uh, stop the COVID talk and end the episode on a good note, better note than COVID. You know what? We're still here. We're still recording these podcasts. We're still giving out some predictions on these teams. Josh, it's been a fun episode, but we've been over the 30-minute mark again. And we always do that. When don't we do that? Yeah, with that attitude, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Anyways, Nick, it's been nice hearing your voice. It's been nice hearing you. I'll see you next time. Stay safe. See you, bud.